even if it weren't too late to apologize, the following content ain't sorry anyway. Start the show. Apologizing. Don't give a fuck. What did the following content do? Don't matter. I ain't apologizing. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I'm suspicious. Stand on my shit. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> Niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions while black. Your black ass cheat sheet for the weak and foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. I'm back on water. All right. Let's go. The yeah. fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so far I've rung in a new year with no alcohol. As I knock back this Coke and tequila. Um take that however you will. Um Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola. You know, just, <laughs> just to make it clear. <laughs> um You know what was funny? I so I was in I, I was talking to Lala from Play No Games. So, she had a. This is this is just funny to me. Maybe she had a a bot that like I don't know I don't know how this works now. People that just steal your identity, or whatever, and make their own page with your likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a I'm, I'm not a, interesting enough for that. I'm a big catfish fan, so I always I, I'm always interested in this. So they put up a page, um. That was just like hers at first glance. And Lala put up a whole thing. It was like, this is not me. It's a bot. Don't fall for the hype. Um, and all for that. Then if you because if you look at the page, it's just it's a white girl. Like like the, the profile pic is her. But if you go to the page, it's two pictures of like some like flat chested white girl. And she put up a whole thing for a while and was like, fam, this is not me. Don't associate with that with with that with that that profile. Don't don't fuck with that. Block that shit. Report it. Whatever. Uh don't add that shit. It's a trick. But niggas being niggas added that shit. Cause it was it was like some white girl with the OnlyFans. And niggas started adding that shit. It was like niggas. It was like niggas that she knew that I know doing the exact opposite of what she asked. Doing the exact opposite. And what the funny part to me is that I don't know if I get to call you a nasty nigga because you want to see her titties, or if I need to call you a nasty nigga because you want to see the white girl's titties. Like that's fucked up. And 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 they and and go and gonna add the page and then just be cool and chop it up with old girl. That's so weird. I see why I I see it now. I see why women don't fuck with us the long way no more. How you gonna do how how? 
explain that to me. How? I, I, I can't be. I I can't chop it up and be cool with you, knowing that I'm chopping it up cool with the bot white girl version of you. It just shows that people don't read. Also, they probably don't read. That's also true. Like the, all they probably saw. All, the only words they probably saw in her little thing were like and follow. They didn't see the words don't. Probably didn't see the words don't. Probably saw the words OnlyFans. Yeah. I'm just. It's just so easy to click those buttons. So easy to be. But not when you want people to. (laughs) But not when you want people to. Also, maybe I'm overestimating how easy it is to be a nasty nigga nowadays. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Um. Yeah, if, if, so if you know her and you and you follow her and you see that other profile, don't follow that shit. Um, it is episode one sixty six. One sixty six. How was your week, D. Randall? <sighs> this week flew by. I don't know if I say that every week, but I really mean it. This week, it flew by. Okay, and probably because. Monday be my first day back at work in almost a month. No, no air horns. No, no air, air horns. horns. No, nope. 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 Don't. Nope. That does not get air horn treatment. <laughs> uh, it it might get it. This is why I don't fuck with white people treatment. But <laughs> I'm not ready for it, man. I, you know when you when you've been out for long enough, <laughs> you just you just start feeling like independently wealthy. <laughs> Yeah. Like, where does this ability to pay bills actually come from? Oh, that's right. I actually have to. I actually have to do work. Show up and do shit and deal with For people. a nominal fee. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, I, but, I mean, you know, I, I will say I'm I'm very thankful. Um, I know that it, it is a privilege in some ways to have the ability to take the necessary time off. Um, You're right. For, you know, a lot of physical mental and spiritual healing that was much needed, especially with everything that's happened in the the last decade or so of the pandemic. That we've been <laughs> right. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for the time off. It's been very therapeutic and all of it will probably be undone within the first hour of me being back at work. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Um, that workload waiting on you. Uh, I'm already, I'm already getting messages from, my team members, you know, talking about they've been exposed and oh like, shit, damn man, like this. The, the other, the other notable thing about the last week, last two or three weeks, really, is the. I know we talk about this every week, and it's a broken record. Yeah. Um, Omicron is a whole is a whole bitch out here, like a whole hoe, fam, like. I on Christmas Day, my mother. I don't know if I mentioned last week. My mother was taking calls from people on Christmas Day, and and a bunch of them, most of them were either I just got over COVID or I just got COVID. Amarion's not playing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and uh, and and every single day over the last week. At least two or three people that I know of are reporting like, you know, yeah, I've, I've made it so far in this two-year struggle without catching it. And guess what? Amarian got you, boy. So um, I would tell y'all to be careful out there. 
But apparently it doesn't even doesn't even matter at this point. Just, you know, be vaccinated and don't get hard symptoms is about the most I can ask for right I now. I don't say at this point, just it's welcome to herd immunity. Yeah. <laughs> what was the first steps towards Here we are. The herd immunity that we were all kind of terrified about a, a year ago. Well, it's a, you know, if you look at the etymology of a virus, you know, with with its prevalence and with it being a weaker strain of the virus, there are many opinions out there that say that this could herald the beginning of the end for it. Um that's that's typically those are typically traits that you see it's it's like a nigga that runs out of options, um, <laughs> for getting ass, and he just starts reaching out for anything that he can get. <laughs> he can get. Oh, it's the slump buster. Yeah, yeah. So this is the slump buster variant. That's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we don't hit the air horns for that one. That's that's air horns. Yeah. So this is the slump buster variant of the virus. It's just try, it's just trying to find anything. It can hit, and then and I didn't. So I didn't know this was a weaker version. Yeah, and the the symptoms are typically milder. Okay, even for even for unvaccinated people, it, it's not really leading to a lot of hospitalizations. Most people are reporting cold like symptoms. Okay, um, you know a lot of you know coughing, sneezing, runny nose, um, some some fevers. Yeah, some fatigue, but. Across the board, the symptoms for this one are a lot milder than, than previous variants. So it's kind of like get go ahead, get sick, and get over it, and <laughs> herd immunity. Yeah, thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, we're hoping. So far, we are hoping. Um, shout out to the new listeners, man. What the fuck are y'all doing here? What the fuck are y'all doing here? Y'all still need to tell us how you got here. I. I need the new listeners to tell us how the fuck we, how the fuck they got here. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. Find us on uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Um, there are portals to get to all those places through opinionswhileblack.com. Uh, we need to know how the fuck you got here. Who, nigga, who sent you? Who, who do you know? That's, that's why I want to know. You know, mm-hmm. nigga. Real hood niggas don't really need to know where you came from, and mm-hmm. that they need to know who you know. Who you know? Who told you? Who all gonna be there? I don't even fuck with that nigga. Who you? Who else you know? Okay, okay, yeah, he all right. Nah, I guess you cool. Um, want to start off giving flowers? Honestly, I want to give flowers to the whole CNN news crew. To be honest with you, because <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> New Year's, CNN has a very eloquent way of fucking up New Year's every single year because everybody but Anderson Cooper be drunk off of their motherfucking ass. All of them. Anderson Cooper be mortified because everybody's fucked. I remember maybe a year or two ago, Don Lemon was so fucking drunk when when twelve o'clock hit, he was just outright on camera making out with uh making out with his boyfriend. Fam. You know, Don Lemon, I I think what someone needs to do, and not to take you off task, what someone no, needs no. to do, someone needs to make a supercut of Don Lemon <laughs> at each New Year's Eve show because every year he reveals a part of himself that nobody asked for. Usually at his most niggerish. Yeah. Like when, especially when when Trump got voted in office, 
And he stopped caring and he started growing his hairline back in. <laughs> that first year, that first year he was like, hey, I'm living my best life. Um, I'm a gay man. Right. And I mean, although no one was surprised, we were like, oh, okay. He was also shit face drunk. The next year, he was actually, his boyfriend was off camera, and he was trying to get, he was, honey, come on, like, he was calling Show his boyfriend was. on the camera, yep. and the dude was like, bro, I ain't, no, I'm chilling. Right. The year after that, he's kissing dude on camera, and, you know, talking about how he's found the love of his life, and, like, every year, like, Don Lemon progressively, like, lets us in on on how gay he is, and, and how much in love he is. And gives less and less of a fuck. Less. It's just it's just less discreet every time, and this is definitely a generational difference. Yeah, because let me tell you something. I remember back in the day, you couldn't nail and because there was no social media. Yeah, you couldn't nail anybody down. Luther been gone for decades <laughs> at this point. Mm-hmm. No one, no one has ever in decades stepped up and said. Yeah, we was fucking. No one. No one. Not a single person. My my mother's still in denial about Luther. My mother is not. As a matter of fact, not only is my mother not in denial about Luther, she's she still wants to have the conversation about Freddie Jackson. My mother is still convinced that Luther was singing about her, so you can't tell her oh, nothing bad well, about Luther. Well, I would say that's just point of no return there. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Um, but... All that to say, Don Lemon be wildin'. Mm-hmm. It used to be every year they would have Kathy Griffin, and Kathy Griffin is going to be drunk at your event no matter what the event is right? or whether alcohol is even appropriate. So we know she's going to be talking her shit. Um, and usually Anderson Cooper is the sober person right. and it's just mortified at everybody. Yeah. This year is no different. Andy Cohen. <sighs> Andy Cohen, the the um, the the Lord of the Seven Reality TV Kingdoms, um, shows up and was completely fucked up and just gave zero fucks. I'm gonna go ahead and bring that up actually, because you need he. In case you didn't know, Mayor Bill De Blasio was not the best mayor. Yeah, in case you didn't know. And uh, I'll tell my Bill de Blasio story one day. But um, Andy went the fuck off and was clearly, clearly faded. Where is it? Here we go. Tell us something, Andy. Watching Mayor de Blasio. Oh, don't go on a rant. Do his don't go on a rant. victory lap dance <laughs> after four years of the, the crappiest as the mayor of New York. The That's only thing the that York. Democrats and Republicans can That's agree how, on I mean, is, is what how, a horrible mayor he has he, been. Wow. So sayonara, sucker. Wow. 2022. I mean, it's a new year. Because guess what? I have a feeling of which, I'm going to be standing right here which. next year. And you know who I'm not going to be looking at? Dancing as the city comes apart. <laughs> you. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, 
and what's great about that is Anderson keeps trying to trying to chime in. He with did, a segue. He did everything but just tackle the man off screen. <laughs> and somewhere, some producer in a truck who was probably also drunk just had their hands up like, uh, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we can't cut to anybody. We ain't got nobody to cut to. Everybody fucked up. Because when they cut to Don Lemon, He's out somewhere in the crowd, and he found the he found some black woman. Don we, Lemon was probably fucking in the crowd at this point. If you, if you chart the progression of Don Lemon on New Year's Eve, oh man, Don Lemon found some black woman in the crowd, and he's like, "No, no, tell him, tell him what you told me off camera about the difference between black people and niggas." And the lady was like, I'm not saying that on camera. Like, no, 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 you said it was like, it was good. It was like, man, it's black people and it's niggas. Now, now, of course, Don Lemon said Negroes. But we knew the Chris Rock joke he was referring to. Yeah. And that lady had clearly said that in a moment of drunkenness that Don Lemon, like, overheard. And it was a black lady, too. Oh, man. It was and, a- see, and see, he, he, he Don is violating... The, the code, the, yeah, man. You can't, you you can't violate the code switch laws on camera, fam. That's like when that's like when Shannon Sharp uh, called his nephew about whether or not he was going to go to the Cowboys and didn't tell him. Oh, by the way, you're on the air. <laughs> that's a violation. Yeah, that's a party man. foul, fam. You can't do that. But the CNN. And, and it is a reflection of where CNN has gone. Well, last year, CNN on CNN, Andy Cohen and Snoop oh, were Jesus talking about Christ. their favorite spots to pick up weed. Oh, oh my God. And Anderson Cooper, again, was just in the middle of it like, uh, you can't do this. My mother's Gloria Vanderbilt. <laughs> That's really all I can contribute right now. Y'all really fucking this up. Like, <laughs> but are they? They get, Well, bringing Snoop anywhere at this point is fucking up the money. Like, let's also be fair. If you are at home watching CNN at midnight on New Year's this Eve, true. this is true. You don't give a shit you about the really, news. You don't really. Care. There's no news being reported. Correct. At the stroke of midnight, and New and and the week of New Year's is always slow anyway. Yeah, there's not a whole hell of a lot of shit to talk about, um, which makes us that much more amazing for still giving you content consistently. <laughs> um. So um, well, sometimes we have to report on shit like a nigga named Draco dying. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're just saying that because you heard his music, and now I, you're like, oh, well, I don't know. I still don't know who that is. But sometimes we got to report shit like that. And you know, this is coming from a producer. Let me. Yeah. This is coming from a guy who is a well is a well seasoned producer. Man, he didn't know this guy's music, and was like. Let's do a quick Google search. Yeah. He turned on a YouTube video for exactly like 15 seconds. It was like, yeah. so what else is going on in the rundown? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is who y'all miss? Okay. That's not nice. I, 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 the young, the young kids get to. And they don't have taste. The, the young kids get to miss. So, look. It sucks if these are your formative years right now. There are some people that come. Well, no, there are, because there are some people that came before you that did not understand, and that came before me as well that did not understand why I missed old dirty bastard. 
I understand that. That did not understand. As far as I'm concerned, Old Dirty Bastard is the fucking gold standard. I I still listen to Brooklyn Zoo when I'm playing Call of Duty. But, you know, on the flip side, my niece is probably listening to someone named Lil Brr. And see, we <laughs> see again, who's, generationally, whose music is nothing but sound effects. And I know I sound like that old washed. I, yeah. I have, but I, I have the pushback for that. You can't really talk when you come from a generation of of niggas named Coke Lorock Ski. <laughs> that was before my time. <laughs> the fuck? I'm so, Coke Lorock Ski was whack. I'm just saying it's a lot of it's a lot of niggas out here with some fucked up names <laughs> that we ain't still haven't quite figured out. What the fuck is a cool mo D fam? Hey man, hey, my name is Little. Br- I mean, every 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 generation got that, and every generation got the generation before that does not understand where the fuck that came yeah, from. Yeah, our parents had disco, and, and and even then, in the in the in the evolution of hip hop, they did not understand why you niggas is out here scratching up the fucking disco records. My mother's still mad about that. <laughs> The first time I backscratched, she said, "What in the hell are you doing to my record?" It's music. It was until you, oh, did, you that did shit. Oh, you did it to your mom's record. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Yeah. I knew better than that. My oh my my father would have had a fucking meltdown. Yeah. My God. There are many meltdowns. Oh, you a you a brave nigga, boy. I was foolish. Okay, fair enough. Okay, as long as you know. Um. So I hate to repeat a humans ain't shit. I'm pretty sure this is how humans ain't shit went last week. But it bears repeating because I I see all the same shit from March 2020 repeating itself in this pandemic. Like the rise of Amarion, was there not? Now, granted, slightly less lethal. Um, spreading faster. Yeah, I'm seeing people making a lot of same mistakes, man. There's a great, there's a great meme out right now of people saying, uh, "It says people saying, I got the Amarion," and then it says those same people, and it's a it's a little video of Shamar Moore. Yeah. Old Soul Train dancing his ass off to Nelly. How did we, man, how did we let Shamar Moore ride, fam? That nigga was the epitome of cornball. He was light skin. Yeah, I guess that's it. That nigga was just, I mean, just exit level corny, bro. Like... (laughs) You know them like you know like you, you know them niggas that look good and they know they look good, but they don't they don't market it well. So everything just comes off corny as and as is the excuse to wear a tight shirt. That was Shamar Moore. Yeah. He was he 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 was he was good looking. He just didn't know how to market his good lookingness. Oh. As the star of the brothers. And women just giggled at him because he was cute. I would say we probably we probably don't give women enough credit. I mean, look at they Drake. probably over there just giggling. Yeah, nigga, do another push up. Look okay, at Drake. look at Drake. <laughs> Drake is probably e- Baby. equally as corny. 
but he's just, you know, happens to be light-skinned and rich. Well, but he's corny with amenities. He's corny with, think, think about it. generationally speaking, Drake is corny but with amenities. Shamar Moore, Shamar Moore ain't really getting to the, he wasn't really getting to the front of line, the club. But, but he was, He well, was cornball looking on Soul Train. But he was. He was, like, he, he didn't really have the same amenities as Drake. Drake got a jet, bro. Drake got his own jet. He could just fly up and down Toronto when the when the Raptors win a game. But in 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 Shamar Moore's day, he was he was primetime soap famous, which was that was that that was soap famous was different. That was something to write home about at the time. Soap famous, I mean, soap famous would have got you, would get you a lot of forty year old pussy. Drake, the pussy, but the pussy Drake's get, and we're gonna get into this a little later. I don't want to. Talk too much about just span, just runs the gamut. You know what I'm saying? Drake, go, Drake gonna get you. A, Drake gonna get you a VIP section. Drake gonna, Drake gonna smash. The next morning, help yourself some champagne. Help yourself some champagne. I gotta go work. Help yourself some champagne, but check out is at twelve. That kind of shit. Shamar wasn't really just. But we don't know that. I mean, there also wasn't social media back then. So. There wasn't social media back then, so that's true. So we don't know exactly what Shamar Moore was doing back in the day. But I remember how much women sweated him at the time. Yeah, they it did. Was, it was obnoxious. Yeah, it's it's still a little obnoxious. It, it's obnoxious because he 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 feeds it, and now it's just forty year old women, and you it, not forty year old women, more like 50, 60 year old women. He also crawled so Drake could walk. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, all that to make the rounds to say, uh, y'all be careful out here. Please make good decisions. Um, it's it's less it's slightly less lethal, but it's a lot more contagious. A lot more contagious, and don't forget, just because it's not, just because something is not necessarily going to kill you. In this case, does not mean that COVID doesn't still have lasting effects on your health. We, we've seen the stories where people, where people were perfectly healthy going in and come out having to take three different medications for three different afflictions that they didn't have before. And also, unlike March 2020, no one is going to help you. <laughs> no one. No, no government. One. No state agency. They're just like, look, y'all not go get, get it. You're not getting a check. Nope. They, I, 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 the businesses have finally put their foot on the government's neck and said, "Suck a dick. We're not closing again. Suck yeah. a dick. Ain't nobody getting no government, no assistance. Nope. Y'all just got to bring y'all ass back to work. Uh, wear a mask and take some tussing and get over it. That's that's where they at now. You can tell, and you can tell by the sports by the sports people. Yeah." All the sports clubs get in or get off, nigga. The NBA is 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 they've gone through half the G League. Fail. <laughs> the NBA looks way different now than they did when that shit when that shit first hit. Remember when the NBA was like the gold standard mm-hmm. for handling the pandemic, and they had the bubble. Yeah, they they can't afford to do the bubble again. 
They can't. They can't see the bubble itself was only like three months. They can't do a bubble for a whole season. That's true because there was a lot of there was a lot of fuckery, bubble fuckery. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, there was a lot of bubble fuckery. Which 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 reminds me, what what do you what do we think Rachel Nichols is doing right now? <laughs> just just a question. It's, just a question. Let's ask Jalen Rose. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> I mean, she is not someone that I've thought about. I, no, I didn't think about Rachel Nichols. <laughs> I was curious. You know, uh, ask Jimmy Butler. Uh, song of the week. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I, I Somebody had to say it. Um, song of the week. So, I keep telling y'all about what song is going to be next. I keep telling y'all about what's next and this, and this shit about to catch fire. If you've not heard this song yet, you're about to hear this song. And let me tell you something. No other song on this woman's album is as good as this. Hmm. But it's a, wor- it's a worthwhile album. No other song is as good as this one. Um, where is it? I'm scrolling. Okay, here we go. Um... I think it showed up on Insecure, maybe. I, maybe that's why it caught fire. Um, all I know is R&B, R&B aficionados know. Uh, the artist is Money Long. The song is called Hours and Hours. Y'all look to me for the slow jams. Y'all listen to me. This is the one you need to have. You, you need to have this in your playlist right now. Pour yourself something. Get comfortable. We are about to have a good episode. And we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go. Been in love like this, a love like.
every night for some hours And hours and hours and hours and hours I could do this for hours and hours and hours I could do this for hours and hours and hours What's yours is mine and ours And yours mine and Love to you for hours, laying on your chest for hours, telling you jokes for hours, holding you close for hours, and I, and I, oh, 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 And that was hours and hours. <laughs> that was money long, hours and hours. That is now. That is a fucking. That is a slow jam for your ass. Let me tell you something. I'm. I keep giving y'all the keys here. If you listen, and and this is gonna. I'm gonna post this later. This is gonna be on the opinions while black uh, official featured music playlist available on Spotify. And Apple, um, shout out to, I think that was A.A. Ron who put that on Apple. Because mm-hmm. I definitely don't have Apple. That's who does it. Fam. If someone wants to do a title playlist, feel free. I was going to say. It's apparently free now. And let me tell you, if you can't find songs on my playlist and put together an adequate slow jam playlist, if you're not getting, the, if you're not getting pussy off of the music I'm sending you, you don't deserve access to it. I'm only saying this. <laughs> I'm only saying this because it has been effective for listeners in the past. David Santiago definitely thanked us one time. It was like, fam, it was effective. I don't want to know that much about you. <laughs> Sorry. Unclean, like I was in the room at the same time. I have a well, one of these days, one of these days, I have a Patreon story about this playlist. Actually, it was a good night. Um, (sighs) do I have to be around for that episode? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I mean, I'll give the G rated version. I don't know. Um, I'm just saying, I don't brag about, I don't, I don't brag, I don't brag or flex about much. But your boy knows what he's doing with Oxcord. That's all I'm saying. I'm trying to give y'all the keys. We're, we're, we're talking about musically, right? Not musically. Okay. Musically. Boys nice with the Oxcord. I didn't I didn't know if the Oxcord was part of a Patreon story. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, some, that's some next level weird shit. Um no, no, it's not a kink. No. Somebody um, somewhere is dropping their Oxcord like oh. <laughs> 
Oh man, that's that's getting a little fifty shades for you. <laughs> doing that. Um oh, what's what's going on in the rundown? Um sadly, gotta start off with a with a RIP section. We lost Max Julian. The Mac. We we lost the Mac. Um we lost the Mac at eighty eight, I believe. Yeah. A life well lived, but not exactly how I wanted to start off the year. Um, we lost earlier last week. We lost uh, Bishop Desmond Tutu, mm-hmm. um, an irreplaceable figure in the culture, an ir- irreplaceable figure in the diaspora. Um, there's there's no greater name out there when you talk about anti-apartheid and the effort to make um, at the time, apartheid, a conversation nationally, not just nationally, but a conversation worldwide. Bis- Bishop Desmond Tutu was at the forefront of that. Um, I'm not going to, and I, and I could, I'm not going to go on a apartheid tirade on this episode. I am not remotely drunk enough for that. Um, but, Bishop Desmond Tutu is one of those people, is one of those real fighters that I put up there with, like, Chairman Fred. And, um, yeah, irreplaceable. It's another another one of those instances I'm so upset about because it feels like, it feels like we are losing these unique minds, these real... Freedom fighters, these real people, these real crusaders for justice, and they're not being replaced. And it's heartbreaking to me. Um, and it just shows that there are people that come along once in a lifetime. Um, and it's great that that he is a once in a lifetime figure, but it's also sad because we need that now more than ever. And we need it on, and we need it on our own home front. And it feels like nobody's really stepping up in America, and America's just built differently. You know what I mean? Like America's America's it is as we know it in twenty twenty two isn't built for a Chairman Fred or a Bishop Desmond Tutu. It's not. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, it wouldn't honestly. It would even be built for Martin Luther King if he were actually if there were actually somebody like that in America right now. It's it's cool for people to, and I'm talking about Americans, to yeah. fantasize about idols when they're no longer here. But right. if if Martin Luther King were out there now talking about the things that he did at the time, they would label him a terrorist. Yeah. I didn't mean to put a negative spin on that. But, uh, no, you're right. But that's just to say that, you know, it, we should remain appreciative of um, the, the type of people that are um, willing to take a stance against, I guess, the powers that be and, and oppressive systems. And not just that, but when we have the conversation, we also have to have the conversation about what it means to uphold those values. Uphold those values and take some of those ideas, maybe even improve upon them, and take those out into the world. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's a lot of conversation around. I, to me, it seems like we talk about these people like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan 
to me, is a once-in-a-lifetime athlete. Yeah. And when you talk about the people that came after him, you're talking about people that innovated in the game differently or emulated him. Mm-hmm. Kobe, say what you want, no matter how I feel about Kobe on or off the court, Kobe was great because he basically, even by his own admission, emulated everything Michael did. Right. Um, LeBron is a great player in a completely different way. True. Mainly because he is bigger, faster, and stronger than literally everyone else on the court. Right. Um, but we talk when we talk about Mike, we talk about Mike like there will never in a way like there will never be another Mike. We talk about Michael Jackson, like there will be never be another Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Not in a way where somebody could be stepping up creatively to replace that void right. of inspiration and creativity and kind of what they bring to their craft. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways LeBron is to Jordan what Beyonce is to Michael Jackson. And that you, you know, there is a greatness that exists in this generation. Um, but also within this generation, there are memories of, you know, there's still firsthand memories of the person Correct. that people already consider to be the GOAT. So right. it's, it's one of those that's true. things. That, that's true. And and maybe it, and I, it, and maybe it even counts on history. I don't know where I heard this saying, but it's a saying somewhere. Don't try to be great. Just be and let history sort out how great you are. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's something else to keep in mind too. I don't know. Um, so long, Desmond Tutu. Uh, Godspeed, Godspeed, Max Julian, Betty White. Betty White is uh, decidedly not black, however, yeah. culturally important on a pop level. Yeah, Betty White died at ninety nine, and I'm not picking on I, I'm not picking on Ariel because Ariel's my friend. Uh, who I have long suspected is secretly stripping. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Get your money, sex workers. Having said that, she said something on her stories that was like, I don't know why y'all showing, I don't know why y'all showing out crying for Betty White like she wasn't 99 and we didn't see that shit coming. This is true. However, when you, when you parse a culture's reaction to something or when you process how other people are processing information in the, in terms of loss, you have to consider the narrative and the narrative here. Cause for the narrative for the past two or three weeks was damn Betty white about to be a hundred in 2022. We got to watch her, man. You know, when we start losing a bunch of people, the people that are still around, we start going, man, y'all got to check on them, see if they okay. When Prince died, everybody wanted to know that Stevie was all right. Yeah. So everybody was like, man, we're going into 2022. Betty about to be 100. We about to turn the fuck up. And let's, let's be honest. After 20 and 21, we need to fucking win. People wanted to see some hope. And even if it's just hope for somebody else to keep on living. Yeah. It's these little things in pop culture that keep us going and and keep us productive and keep us getting shit done. 
So when you, that has been the narrative in the 24-hour news cycle for the past th- two or three weeks. And then on New Year's Eve, no less, <laughs> Betty White goes on, goes on and takes the parachute out in the 11th hour? Mm. Yeah, people going to feel a certain way. No matter whether whether you actually watch the Golden Girls or not, whether or not you, for, definitely from my era, from my culture, from from my generation, I know grown hard ass niggas named Supreme that know thank you for being a friend front to back. How many times have you watched that TikTok? Not TikTok, that YouTube video. Of the gay man doing the church version of the Golden Girl song, Hallelujah! <laughs> you know, you, you but that—that's the relationship we have with Betty White, and that's the relationship for the longest that we've had. Like she's everybody's like cool ass, cool ass grandma. Yeah. Since the days of I shoot, I shit you not for you youngsters. Stop or my mom will shoot. A classic, classic Stallone movie. I'm kidding. It's not a classic, but it's funny. (laughs) You know, and so we have to keep in mind and have a little grace when we lose people, no matter how old they were. It still fucked me up when Stan went. When Stan Lee went, I still wasn't no good. And Stan Lee was like 95, 96. And I knew he was going. I knew he was going because his wife died yeah. like a year or two before. And my mom has always impressed upon me. She was like, oh, y'all got to watch Stan. Because when the wife goes first, mm-hmm. the, man ain't lo- the man ain't long behind. Because ain't nobody taking care of his ass. And sure enough, my deuce was right. A year later, Stan the Man went. And that I was ready for it. He was 95. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a little secret that one of my uh and we can we don't have to stay here, but I'm gonna tell you a little secret one of my editors um probably would not want out. <laughs> uh but it's funny. So I had just done a remembrance, this was like the day of I had just done a remembrance of Leonard Nimoy dying uh, and uh, just what he meant to me in terms of, uh, it's probably still there, in terms of nerd cool. And because if you come from the Star Trek era, Leonard Nimoy was the epitome of nerd cool. And for me, it was just always that image of him dressed as Spock but sitting on top of a 1969 Cobra Mustang. That was that was Spock. Yeah. So I I did a little remembrance article about him, and Jordan. Uh, shout out to Jordan Calhoun, um, editor, writer, author, <clears throat> uh, much more famous than us small <laughs> than than us little people now uh, in the writing world. Um, he came to me and was like, well, I was reading your, your Leonard Nimoy remembrance and 
So I had kind of an assignment for you. I did not complete this assignment. It's a little morbid. This is back when we first started Black, black Nerd Problems. He was like, I've been hearing rumors that Stan Lee isn't doing too well health-wise. If he died in, let's see, if he died in 96, this is probably when he turned like 93 or something, 92 or 93. He died in like 2018. Yeah. So this was, this was, so, okay. Oh, so oh, okay, he died he in, at 96. I yeah, thought you yeah, said yeah. in 96. My yeah, bad, yeah, my yeah, bad, yeah. My bad. Yeah. And he goes, so I was wondering, it's a little morbid. If you wanted to do a in memoriam, if you wanted to write an in memoriam for Stan Lee, just in case he goes this year. I would have stayed away from that. And indeed I did. That's, that's, that is morbid. I, I stared at a blank document for a solid night. I remember this. I got three sentences out and was like, I'm, yeah, I'm not doing this. Yeah. That's not in good taste. That is super morbid. And, but uh, Jordan, and, and, and again, it was an idea. Jordan was new as an editor and just kind of coming up with ideas to keep us writing. I think we, and just silently it never came up again because I think he knew and I knew. Mm. So I just, it, it's wild how we process death. How we process the idea of it even coming. Yeah. So just wanted to put that out there. Um, Godspeed, Betty White. It's a definitely a, a life well lived. Um hard to irreplace hard to replace that um that I that iconography, how iconic she was in the culture. Yeah. Um let's see what we got here. Oh God. So Raekwon, I'm sure if I'm sure if I look hard enough, this was a Vlad interview. I'm sure of it. I I don't need to I don't need to know how right or wrong I am, but if I'm sure if I look hard enough, this was a Vlad thing. Raekwon recently addressed Ghostface Killer's relationship with Aaliyah. Now what was actually said about Ghostface Killer and his relationship with Aaliyah is tangential in this point. We have to look at the roster. There's a reason I'm looking at the roster. Randall's about to show me something. God damn, it's a Vlad interview. Of course it was a fucking Vlad interview. Son of a bitch. I knew it. Ah. Uh. I said if I looked hard enough, it was a Vlad interview. Uh, um, so we have to look at the the lineup. This is a woman, a young woman, a young woman who went from R. Kelly to like Dame Dash. Was Dame Dash on the list? Oh yeah. yeah. Dame Dash. He was he was supposedly with her. Around the time when she died. Right. To um, Ghostface Killer. This is super young. 
Ghostface Killer, what no spring chicken when Aaliyah was alive. Yeah, he's always been old. That's one of them niggas who was old when he was young. He always had an old face. And it just furthers my opinion that Aaliyah never stood a chance in this industry. Never. With these with these old influential niggas. Aaliyah never stood a fucking chance. And I think about that now. I think about that now with some of these with some of these chicks, man. And how already, already the hip hop game is one of those where it's eight niggas chasing after the same two chicks. Whether it be eight niggas chasing down Sweetie, whether it be eight eight niggas chasing down Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, look no further than Beyonce, but I'll leave it at that. Did you tell me that story? There's a story that we're not going to tell on air. Yeah. Maybe one day a Patreon. I mean, yeah. One day. Aaliyah and Beyonce were alike in a lot of ways. Correct. Correct. Um, we could probably leave it there. Like I said, Patreon, I'll one just, day. I'm just going to leave it at that. That you gotta you gotta pay extra Patreon for that story, actually. Um, <laughs> shit. Um but that just that fucks me up, man. And like I, I'm not gonna go any further, but it saddens me a little bit. And Randall, by the way, we're recording this in what is Randall's new studio room, his new studio space which is so far amazing. He hasn't put all the new shit. He hasn't put all the equipment in here, but it's amazing. It's all right. He came in here, he painted, and you got to have your record wall. Got to have it. Got to have a record wall. God, I got to do something like this in my room. Um, But, yeah, so I'm looking at at Aaliyah Mm -hmm. and her, um, I think that was her best-selling joint, that self-titled. Yeah, um, probably one of my favorite covers of all time, too. She just was young and talented and did not stand a chance in this fucking industry. Uh, this is the one where we need a resolution on it. Uh, yep. One of my favorite beats ever. One of the best beats. Woo! I didn't like that song, per se, but that beat was fucking fire. Um, Tim, would, Tim could just do no wrong back then. Yeah. Anyway... Um, on to other things. Um, so I am confirmed now. Stop talking to Vlad, by the way. Please stop talking to Vlad. <laughs> Sorry. Please, God, stop talking to Vlad. <laughs> Anybody else could have got that story. I like that's one of those situations where I wouldn't have been mad as long as it's somebody within the culture, one of us. I they could have gave that to Charlemagne. And I'd have still been okay. Stop giving Vlad these stories. Vlad don't know what to do with them. Um, so I am convinced now, moving forward, I am convinced now that Michelle Obama, even thinking about politics, let alone a place in the presidency, 
in 2024 is a terrible idea. You know how I know this is a terrible idea now? Because Joe Rogan thinks it's a good idea. Oh, no. No. Joe Rogan, if, if, no. Joe, if Joe Rogan wants it to happen, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the fucking stigmata. Fuck out of here, bro. Yeah, we don't need that. Um, because, and not only that, because Joe, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy it's a bad idea now. Because Joe Rogan thinking it's a good idea means the Roganites think it's a good idea. And if the Roganites are backing Michelle Obama, she's already lost. See, you know, we, we talk about it a lot. When you find, if, if you ever find yourself on the same side of a statement as someone that you vehemently disagree with, it makes you rethink what you believe in the you, first place. You rethink everything. Yeah, like, no, I, I don't ever want to be in a position where I'm agreeing with Joe Rogan. I never want to agree with Joe Rogan on anything. Anything. I don't agree. Like, I like he's like he's the new UFC guru for some reason, and I don't, I don't like agreeing with him on anything UFC-related. I have turned away from some good athletes because Joe Rogan thought they were the next it person. Yeah. Try your best in life in 2022. Try your damnedest to disagree with Joe Rogan, <laughs> please. And if you find that he agrees with something that you believe in, you need to rethink all of it. Yeah. Oh my God, no. Um, other weird things happening. So we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. I want to address people that think that it's harmless that Kanye West moved across the street from Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, who has recently made it very plain that she doesn't want anything to do with Kanye relationship wise. Yes. They have to co-parent, but relationship wise wants nothing to do with this man. Um, was declared legally single uh, despite fucking Pete Davidson for reasons unknown that I don't want to explore. Um, it's weird, y'all. Here's why it's weird. Because a lot of people are trying to give Kanye the benefit of the doubt in that, oh, well, I mean, they still have to co-parent, and I don't think it, I think it's harmless if somebody wants to be closer to their children. He has enough resources and the capital to make that happen. To that I say fuck that. The reason I say fuck that is because y'all are trying to y'all are uh, y'all are trying to attribute normal circumstances and normal thought patterns to someone who is a documented weirdo. And the just, and Kanye has made it plain in his in his own explanations. He has made it plain that the regular rules don't apply to him. That the regular rules don't apply to him, not only because he's he's a man of means, but because he's a fucking weirdo. Uh, and also the rules don't apply to him because people who are fans of his excuse everything as being allowable. I, I want y'all to think of this. All of you with baby mamas or baby daddies. Let's 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 you know, and let's say that it doesn't it didn't end well for y'all. How would you feel if that formerly significant other decided to move in across the street from you. How would you feel about that? Now, 
Yeah. It, it, one justification that he might use is that it brings him closer to his kids or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But y'all forget that the reason for their divorce, separation or whatever is not because of the kids. It's because of differences between the two of them. Between them. So what you're doing is you're 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 creating an unhealthy boundary or lack of boundaries between you and the person that is trying to distance themselves from you. Correct. And, and although you feel like it'll bring you in closer proximity to your kids, your kids will be in closer proximity to that toxicity that exists, that exists between the two of you. One of my coworkers who had a, a particularly bad falling out with the, uh, the children of her father, I mean the father of her children, Wow. Children of her father. <laughs> Those would be her siblings. <laughs> but the father of her children um, went through a, a particularly bad spell with him. And he was trying to demand that she move closer to him so that he could be closer to his kids. Right. And for those of you familiar with the Houston area, like she stays in the Missouri City area. He stays up in Humble. Oh, shit. So we're talking about going from the far south side of the city to the far north side of the city just so it would be easier for him to see his kids. And and mind you, he's he's already moved on with someone, remarried, and, and had another child with this other person as well. He wants to have everyone all in the same, kind of in the same radius. Right. I didn't offer my opinion on it because my opinion is not warranted in this situation. But again, I, I remember seeing things through her eyes, and she's like, "I don't like this motherfucker." Right. And one of the reasons why I st- I stay so far away from him is because I don't want my kids to constantly be exposed to the toxicity that exists between us. Right. And whenever there's a drop off or a pickup, it usually happens in a in a in a relatively neutral location. Mm-hmm. Or you know it, if if it, if it, if it's done at home, it's usually a very quick look. I drove all the way out here, you know. Get we got stuff. Let's yeah. go. And, and and recognizing that, and again, back to Kanye and Kim. Him staying across the street from her is is a terrible idea because again, it impairs their ability to heal whatever is going on with their relationship. Correct. You know if. If Pete Davidson is is pulling the Bentley out the driveway and has to look at Kanye standing in the opposite driveway, staring him down every day, it it affects Kim's ability to to deal with or move on from that situation with Kanye. Y'all are promoting unhealthy boundaries between two people because you're a fan of someone and they're mostly mediocre music. Also because y'all love this toxic shit. That too. Um... The first thing I think of, and we can we can get away from this, but the first thing I think of when I think of Kanye moving across the street from Kim Kardashian is Emily Dickinson. Mm. As a writer, I think of these people. Emily Dickinson is a is a notable. Well, I won't say notable, more like a laudable um, writer, poet, author uh, of her time. She also had um, um, mental health issues. One of the things that I always knew Emily Dickinson for, towards the end of her life, um, she moved 
into a cabin across the lake from her ex-lover, his wife, and their children. Started a whole new family on this on this woman. She stayed across the lake. She could look out her window across the lake and see them. She did this and wrote about it for like three months. Probably more than that. A while. And then she killed herself. That's what I think of when I think of Kanye doing shit like this. It invokes that kind of it invokes that kind of thing and invokes that kind of behavior to me, and I don't think it's cute. Because if I because if it invokes that for me, I know it invokes that for somebody else. I just I don't find any of this cute or entertaining. Uh, it's very toxic. It's very manipulative. It's very much everything Kanye kind of is at this point. Um. So again, not to spend too much time on that, but another reason to say fuck him. Uh, who would have thought that Kim Kardashian? No, I'm not gonna go there. I, I'll, I'll save that for later. Uh, what else is on the, on the file? Oh, oh, Drake watch. Baby. <laughs> um, that shit gets me every time. It is time for Drake watch where we. Take a, a an unnecessary look at what six guys doing, who six guys doing it with, and whether that whether or not there are coded messages to Rihanna in it. Recently on Drink Champs, um, the world's most terrible podcast, um, Melissa Ford was a guest and was asked about her alleged relationship with Drake that I did not know she had previously. Hmm. Um. <clears throat> Apparently, now she did not ever confirm, nor would she, I'm sure NDAs are involved, um, an actual relationship. She said she had, quote, a cerebral Canadian connection with him because Melissa Ford is also Canadian. Cerebral means head, right? (laughs) Yes, it does. Okay. (laughs) I'll just leave it there. And... Uh, for those of you that do not come from my generation, Melissa Ford was like top three video vixen yeah. of all time, probably. Yeah, she was. She was, was some everywhere. Um, probably my favorite part of the "Knock Yourself Out" video with Jada Kiss. Um, and apparently, while she was while Drake was dating her, he was simultaneously dating Takara Jones. Mm. Probably the only thing I ever thank Next Top Model for. <laughs> now, that whole thing is irrelevant to me. What is relevant about this story to me, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, we have to have a real conversation at some point that Drake is like a top three shooter. Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot. This thing is a top three shooter. You mean it's, and not only that, they were friends at the time. I mean, how many niggas, like, well, okay. Okay, maybe it's not that irregular. (laughs) I have, that might be a Patreon story. 
dating people that know each other is a touchy thing for regular people. Yeah. Like, regular people can't get away with this. They're, Six got the most profile, the most high profile nigga in the business getting away with it. That's a lot. I'm just saying, you know, I, there are certain levels of fame and um, wealth that you and I are not, you know, really privy to. Correct. And and the lifestyles of people that are, you know, that are involved in those things. And and it's, I would imagine that with a lot of them, it's. Quite acceptable for people in the same circle to be knocking down the same people. Correct. It's still, yes, people of the same circle, sure. High profile, gorgeous women of the same, of the same circle. These two women, you and I are too poor and too... That's top three shooter shit. Yeah, you and I are too poor and too... And come out of it and come out of the scuffle unscathed. And too non-famous to even understand what that's like. It's true. It's true. I I, I, I don't come from that. I don't come from that world. Because let me tell you something. I flirted with the chick that someone knew. Not even flirted. Let me tell you what happened. I let her wear my hat. We were all sitting at a dinner. It was a big dinner. Me and my me and my niggas were gonna go out with the chick that I was talking to at the time mm-hmm. and her friends. It was a it was a this is back in college, so she was in the French Honor Society. And they were having a big dinner at like Yaya Mary's or something. And I invited my homeboys. And we they there was no seating, so I just ended up sitting like on either side I have the chick that, that I'm talking to, and I have one of her French honor society friends on the other side. Who was who came who showed up late and was just life of the party and gorgeous and just talking to everybody. And she looks over at me. And she's and she introduces herself and she says, Can I wear your hat like for the rest of the night? I looked over and the lady did not hear that. I said, Well, she said, sure, thanks. And was wearing my hat. And she was like, Okay, so I'm really just wearing the hat because it's a conversation breaker. It's a it's a nice breaker, and so I want to know more about you. Tell me where you're from. And she just starts throwing it. But I'm talking to everybody. Yeah. But she's just throwing it, and it did not go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. I never heard the end of it. Uh, like, until recently, she just forgot who that chick is. But it took that long. This is over a decade. To hear the end of that. So I know a nigga like Six God. Mm. I'm sh- who I'm sure smashed. Certainly. I mean, we have to. This nigga's a top three shooter. Because if that were me, these women would be talking bad about me for the rest of my natural black ass life to the blogs forever. Forever. 
Well, at least well, one of them would. One of them did. One of them was in a relationship. She didn't have a strong hand to play. Well, the, the double standard is if you're broken unknown, you're a hoe. If you're rich and famous. You're a god. Hey. Because Six so, God at this point is a top three shooter. We're going to have a conversation about like the top five Hollywood shooters. If if Michael day. B. Jordan wanted to use his powers for evil, he would he would definitely be in that conversation. Correct. But only if he wanted to. Because Michael B. Jordan has kept a pretty good, uh, a a pretty good uh, reputation for being wholesome. And he doesn't have he doesn't seem to have the mother the mommy issues that Drake has. Also correct. Um, there are certain people I'm worried about. Don't don't get me wrong. As intimidated as I am by a person like Michael B. Jordan, I ne- I'm never worried about Michael Jordan quote unquote stealing my girl. Never, never, and think about and think about the when we talk about the, all the pussy Drake has gotten. Think about all the pussy he has passed on. Remember when he was just really good friends with Megan The Stallion? They were seen like everywhere together, and no one suspected him of beating. You you never heard that not once. Oh, they're just laughing together at a basketball game. Now, replace Michael B. Jordan with Trey Songs. Remember when he was just popping up everywhere? Well, as of now, there would be an investigation. <laughs> yes, Trey Song. That who was that that just came that just randomly came out on New Year's Eve and was like, that nigga a rapist and fuck him. Also, what semi famous or famous R and B nigga is not a rapist. Oh, that's. I'm gonna leave that there. That's heavy. I'm just all I'm saying is a whole culture of dudes whose 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 image is centered around, um, you know, the attention of women and and having women thrown at them. It, I was like, what? Which among them is not? In some ways, I don't know. I'm just saying. Just all I question. know. All I know is in 2022, I'm going to be waiting on um, that special, Surviving Marcus Houston. Yeah, I said it. Surviving Marcus Houston. um, Surviving Marcus Houston Part 2, The Rise of Chris Stokes. Um, I see see an epic saga going there. Um, But that's neither here nor there. You said The Rise. (laughs) Um, with that said, what else we got here? Oh, we got to talk about the insecure finale. We have to talk about the insecure finale. I am going to fanboy out a little bit, not really because of the, the show itself, but because Issa had a really good run, man. Issa had a real good run, and, she, and let's be, be not mistaken, Issa's still on her run. She got some shit she producing for HBO now coming up. She's just she's really just getting started, I believe. And this is true, and it's 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 inspiring to me because Issa literally, it, no matter. It, by the way, the conversation about whether or not Issa and her family came from money got really weird really fast and y'all are stupid. I'm I, 
I'm I'm only going to keep this short. I'm sick of people making it sound like we all have to we all have to be born broke and, and desolate in order to be a success story. Like we, we gotta black people, we gotta we gotta stop we gotta stop the tragic origin stories. We we gotta stop all this bullshit about it doesn't count if you didn't come from nothing. If you didn't come from abject poverty, I don't want to hear shit. The fuck out of here. One thing that I can say about insecure, regardless of, of how good you thought it was, or if you didn't think it was it was good, one thing that I will not dispute is its cultural impact and what it does represent for underserved underserved communities to have representation. Um, I, I think if if you if you watch that little mini documentary Insecure the End and you, mm-hmm. and you see how they explore the impact of the show and what it meant to the people involved in the show, to me, I think you see the true legacy of the story. I don't give a shit if she ended up with, with Lawrence or Nathan. But what happened behind the scenes was that you had, um, you know, a black woman at the center of this, this show that was on HBO right. and did very well. On HBO, had one of the best debuts Mm -hmm. of all time on HBO, and and employed and empowered women behind the camera, black women behind the camera. Um, There's a story about there was a story from the one uh, the one camera guy who was like, "Yo, I I was riding in a van with all these people on the show, and I noticed that besides myself, there were no white men in in the van, and." Mm -hmm. He was even like, well, I'm, and also I'm not straight. So there were no straight white men, you know, being that's represented here at all. And, that, and that's huge. And, and the people whose lives were changed, people who, people who normally would have to jump through Hollywood hoops to get a start. But there were people who were like assistant PAs who were like, who would pass Issa or a producer at one point in time. Like, Hey, I have an idea. I'm a writer. And like, well, let me let you, let me hear you out then. Let me get you on set. That and that is what this is about. That is that is what I mean when I talk about here. You, here we go with opinions while black bingo. When Oz talks about community mm-hmm. and creating a sense of community where we have maybe and maybe it is a little bit of nepotism, but it's our nepotism. It's not nepotism. It's not nepotism. It's, well, that's not what I'm saying. It's giving people a chance, a, a shot, and you can be able to, and you can say. I worked here. Right. And you might not be able to say that previously, or that might not carry the weight. You, it, it's different from me being able to say, I, I worked craft services on Supernatural. One of, one of the producers was like, in, in the last five years, there are seven or more people who have been a part of this show who are now getting deals, getting first look deals elsewhere. Just like, they're building people to, to carve their own destinies. Yvonne Orgy is a cultural, not a cultural, like not like a like a household name, but she is a name, and she was not a name before the show, right? And now she's a comedian, and now she has a book coming out, and, and there was a lot of things that got started from that, and there's a lot of people. Natasha Rothwell, fam, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Natasha Rothwell been in the business, mm-hmm. and was definitely not a name. Before and is a name now, right? And I see her some everywhere now, and not just not just a quote unquote black name, correct? 
you know, and and there there are people when you look even when you look at that little document, there are people, um, there are people behind, off camera that they didn't even talk to that you see who are in proximate, like uh, Robin uh, Robin Thede, is that how you pronounce yeah. her name? Robin. Like she's in there, yeah. Like that whole crew, they're all in there, and they put a lot of. I mean, they put a lot of people on musically. There are people you wouldn't. This is where I really jump in. This is going to be a Patreon. There are people you had never heard of before Mm -hmm. where you heard that and you hit the Shazam or you went to tunefind.com. Yeah. And you were a fan of theirs now. There are people you had not. Fam, Sizzle was just coming off of control. You know, I'm not even going to do that whole story because I want to save that for Patreon. But there are a lot of good there's a lot of good music that came from insecure that got that got people put on yeah that would not be here otherwise that was part of alex isley had a great run in the past few in the past couple of years the the you know the fact that they showcased again black designers both in art and fashion there was a there was a focus on the locations being authentic Los Angeles, not not just like you know how we we trip on uh, love it love you know married at first sight where all of them were just in Allen Parkway in Midtown, all just 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 uh, twenty five minutes of B roll spread yeah. out across a whole season. Yeah, in in uh, in Insecure, they were like we we are we are in the spots like the Dunes is a tourist stop now. Right, right. We're not going to the Hollywood the Hollywood Hills or just, just the Hollywood side. Just like the way white people, when they go to Philly, mm-hmm. they got to go to the top of the steps where Rocky was. Yeah. When you're in L.A., you got to go to the dunes now. Or you go to go to Worldwide Tacos and wait four hours for a taco. <laughs> and then complain about it, you know, not being what you wanted. It ain't for you. I'm it's just saying true. this is where we were. We didn't, you know, the, the, the owners of Worldwide Tacos didn't ask for you to, to show up and wait. In this line for four hours just because you, you saw it on TV. I'm sure they're grateful for the business. It's like the New York niggas complaining about juniors. Even though junior, juniors ain't really that packed, y'all. And ain't that good either. It's it's only okay. Yeah, it's not that good. Sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Um, yes, the food, the, the Texas food snobs have jumped in again. Um, but this insecure had a way bigger impact than we want than we ever gave it credit for when it was here mm-hmm. and the finale I feel paid was a payoff not only for us but for those characters they pretty much admitted after the show premiered they were like yeah we ended it with those black women getting it all because we feel like black women should fucking have it all <laughs> That deserves air horns. <laughs> and we 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 pay a lot of homage to the black woman is God. Yeah. That is how it's done. And I, I have a dissenting opinion on the writing of the episode, but I won't. I won't I won't I won't, I won't ruin it. it. We can do it. I won't ruin it here. I mean I, I look I We can do it. I, I'm not gonna spend too much time because I, sure. I, I believe that the, the, the overall positives of the show outweigh, outweigh the any any you know any dissenting opinions that I may have of it, I understand. I I feel like the writing for the last season in general was a little, it, it was a little inconsistent, and and the, I think the last episode, the last episode was just 
kind of pigeonholed to get them to the point where they wanted to end the series. We also have to bear in mind that no matter how we feel about this, about some of the plot points, because I want to go on a whole tirade. Maybe we, maybe we'll have to do this on Patreon. Issa wasn't worth a damn as a character. As a character, like I, I mean, neither not, her nor Lawrence. <laughs> I have a theory. This is kind of moving away from insecure. I have a theory, and this the, the show holds up my theory that there are two kinds of people. There are the people that have the relationship that that have the love life they want. There are people that have the love life they deserve. Nathan represented the love life that, maybe not necessarily with him, but the love life that Issa wanted. Lawrence, despite her wanting that, was the love life she deserved. No matter, it, it is it is easy to ding on Lawrence Issa been fucking up to for five seasons. Issa got a Issa got a trail of destruction and fucked over niggas behind her too. She did Daniel hella dirty. I I have screamed this from the rooftop since she, she actually did. Every, yeah, she actually did everyone dirty. She did Daniel dirty. Um, she did TSA dude dirty. The show in general did TSA do. Dirty. Yeah. Um, she did Nathan super dirty. Nathan was not what she deserved. Nathan overcame a lot mental health wise to be with her. And was in the process of overcoming a lot mental health wise to be with her. And I was so mad that throughout the course of that show, they never put the name depression on it. Because it's somebody that has gone through clinical depression that might still be going through it. They mentioned pop, they mentioned bipolar disorder though. Did they? They did. Okay, fair they enough. They mentioned it by name. Fair enough. I think maybe they said manic at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. They. They. Um. But I don't feel like they ever gave real credence to it in a way that challenged Issa as a character. They and, definitely retreated from it. Right. I think they mentioned it and then they they kind of <laughs> retreated from it and and that that kind of plays into what about one of my issues with the writing. Um, overall, I think my biggest issue is that I, I don't recall. I don't, I don't feel like Lawrence and Isha ever, I said Isha, <laughs> Lawrence and Issa ever worked through what their initial problems were with each other. They broke up, they spent time apart and they never got over each other, and that's how we ended up where they are now. And to be honest, that's how some relationships, right, are. And 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 in that in that sense, I guess that's a realistic depiction of relationships nowadays. Is that also you have to remember that it's TV, and that's why I don't give TV it a hard res- time. TV it, resolves conflicts like that, right? You know, like it, I mean, they resolve the conflict with Nathan, like. They had they tussled at the party. Nathan dropped her off at home. That was the last time we saw Nathan. And I understand that's TV. And honest, and again, another another instance of Nathan getting done dirty. A real Houston nigga would have swung on Lawrence. A real Houston nigga would have swung 
on Lawrence long before it had to he get there. He 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 wouldn't have even he wouldn't have even been off camera talking about oh what we doing here? Are you calling my bitch barbecue fam? It would have led with the fists, <laughs> and it, like Houston niggas, we talk while we swing. Exactly. Like it's just it's just we talk while we swing. Or they, we warn you. I don't do all this talking. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Hey, bro. All I know is I don't. I don't. I. I'm not a nigga to do all this talking, bro. You do. It's a lot of talking going on right now. It's not a lot of swinging, bro. <laughs> Unless you talk about these fucking hands, bro. Especially if you know who I am. I'm just I'm just saying. Ain't Lawrence we, Lawrence knew who he was. I'll say. Lawrence is lucky he didn't catch the fair one. And like a coward, Lawrence waited until that man stepped to the side to go get a drink. Sure did. Or use the restroom or whatever, whatever he did. Fuck he did. Lawrence didn't want that. He didn't want that smoke. He didn't want that Houston L, my nigga. I represent for my nigga, for my nigga Nathan. Team Nathan. Team Nathan, bro. I represent for my nigga Nathan. But at the end of the day, it really came down to Issa did not love that nigga. No matter what she said, she didn't love that nigga. Very much and so. and every and every moment he was having a a fucking uh, mental health moment, it was a moment where he had to where he was kind of kind of labeled the bad guy. For not shoving that mental health moment to the side to be whatever Issa needed. And to be honest with you, as a nigga that's out here in these streets, it's very representative of what dating is like in 2022. You know, Issa, I, I, I dare say, I don't think Issa really loved Lawrence either. But it, it just so happened that when he was away from her, she saw him gaining a lot of the things that she wanted to have with him at some point, you know, the, 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 the kid and the, the appearance of a family, even though that relationship with, you know, um, Isaiah Mustafa, you know, even though that is that Jesus Jesus Christ. Yeah. Could you get a more militant name? Uh, you know, she saw certain things that Lawrence was, that Lawrence had with Condola that uh, that that she, she wanted for herself, exactly. And honestly, it it was kind of tangential because Condola wanted all that with or without Lawrence. Correct. It had it made enough money, it had enough capital to have that with or without Lawrence. Yeah, that was always her, that was always her caveat. You ain't got to be here. If you're gonna be here, be here a hundred percent. But you don't have to be here, right? I'm not. Go- I'm not going to hold it against you if you are not here. Kiki Just- Palmer was. <laughs> yes, she was. <laughs> Kiki Palmer was as she played uh, herself, and <laughs> I'm just saying. And at the end of the day, it really came down to just y'all knew what it was. Zach ended up with Kelly. Corey ended up with Topanga. Fucking, um, um, I don't know. Uh, all these motherfuckers. Ross ended up with Rachel. Yeah. Issa was going to end up with Lawrence. Period. Yeah. Period. And most notably, Molly ended up with uh, Torian, who spent three, who spent at least three seasons not fucking with her the long way. Yeah. <laughs> now you want to talk about a rush relationship? I'm just saying that that you know, Torian I'm, did not fuck with her since he appeared on this show. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. 
I'm not going to dwell in there for too long. But I was just like, okay, this is some last season shit. I mean, yeah. It was a nice wedding. Hey. It was a nice wedding. It was a nice, it was a really lovely moment um, where Molly thanked Issa for everything. One of, one of my favorite moments, though, this is Chef Ibrisel Fallon, one of the listeners and friend of the show. Okay. When he commented on the the episode where where Molly and Torian um, went and got all the snacks. And <laughs> <laughs> smashed I, by the macaroni yeah, balls. Yeah, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but but the chef was like, as a chef and a caterer, I have a lot of issues with this scene. <laughs> where is the catering staff? Where is the chef? Where the fuck is the caterer? My God. Why is that food just out of the open? Out unattended, <laughs> no, no cover, no foil. He was more offended about the logistics of the catering than the people smashing with their feet in the macaroni balls. I got see, now I gave it the benefit <laughs> of the doubt because I was looking at it from a their high as fuck perspective. Yeah. And so it looked exaggerated, just a, just a, just macaroni balls as far as the eye can see. No, nah, they were out there. No, nah, they were. That shit was just out and exposed <laughs> in a shed, my nigga, in a shed. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel you, chef. I get it. Um, that is an appropriate place. That's probably. A, I think. We, okay, I'm gonna write this down. This, this should be some. We should get some Patreon. Okay. Conversation out of this. Um. I'll, well, I'll tell you on break. I, but we're going to take a break right here. We'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. You were listening to Sober Conversation with the least sober team in podcasting. Pour up. And we are back. We are black. Yeah. We are opinionated and cold. We're a little cold. We're a little cold, which is, which is, which is why I brought out the booze for me. Uh, warm shit up a little bit. Um, shout out to Texas temperature. Dropping fifty degrees overnight. Literally fifty degrees. They told us a freeze was coming. Everybody kind of lost their shit. It is now. It is not the big freeze that happened last year. However, side note, I did see some shit on TV the other day where they said they made it a point to say, ERCOT has like upgraded three hundred generators across the state. Like, nah, don't, mm -mm. don't, don't, nah. don't, don't cover up now. Y'all want, y'all want, y'all want that shit the way it was. Y'all trying to winterize and shit. Well, let me take that. Let me take that back in case they can hear this shit. Thank you for winterizing. No, fuck y'all. <laughs> too late. <laughs> I need y'all to have that same energy. Also, please winterize. I was, yeah, please winterize. My God. Um. Oh, did I tell you? I so I ran into somebody that it well is knows someone who listens to this podcast. So. Do they listen to it themselves? Or do they just know someone that listens? Well, to it? here's well here. Let me tell you. Okay. So I was coming from getting my booster. Congratulations, um, by the way. Yeah. All right. I hit them with the air horns. Thank you for doing your civic duty. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Um, when I got my booster, um, there was a fast food joint nearby. Uh, I went into said fast food joint when I should not have, but fuck it. It was Friday. <laughs> 
It was Friday. I was hungry. It was breakfast. I wasn't cooking. It was, was 10 o'clock in the fucking morning. That, that, was, that was a, a strong pour. That was it. I can tell Ooh, that was a strong pour. I didn't mean to do that. And here's, what fuck, here's what's fucked up with these little ones, with these little cans. All the alcohol is just at the bottom. <laughs> all the alcohol is at the bottom. So you're, you're the most fucked up when you finish it. Um, which is why I've just said, fuck it. I'm drinking straight now. So I go and get something um, for breakfast. And I'm and I'm waiting. They say, "Well, name for the order." And I said, "Oz." And he said, "Your name is Oz for real?" I said, "Yes." And she says, "Say it, Oz." And she goes, "Do you do a podcast?" I said, "Yes." Wow. I said, "Yes." This man is podcast famous. As a matter of fact, I do. Oh, wait for it. Wait for it. I was like, "Oh, are you are you a?" Are you a part of the family? Are you part of the community? No, but my boyfriend is. <laughs> she goes, no, but my boyfriend is. He listens all the time. And I said, well, thank you, and thank your well, thank your boyfriend for listening. Thank you, and uh, I really appreciate that. I appreciate the, and I appreciate the compliment. She goes, no, 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 uh, not a compliment yet. I heard what you said about women with big foreheads, uh, and I am offended. See, <laughs> did she have a big forehead? She did have a big forehead. She had a fat ass too. Um, <laughs> I'm just, look, look, like look. Let, let the record show. I was just trying to get flowers. <laughs> look, and you carved it on the forehead. She did have a big forehead, and <laughs> she was per- she took that very personally. Um, I can only speak from my experiences, guys. In my experiences, I, the the book I write and the rules I write in this book are based on my personal experiences. If you've never, it, look, I want. If you to, don't want to be in the big forehead good pussy club, that is on you. I, you know, I I had someone once describe the big forehead as as a landing pad. I'm going to leave it at what? that. I'm going to leave it at that. See, I, I'm just, see, I don't say shit like that. I'm just, y'all, hey, look, these are not the thoughts and opinions of D. Randall. The, definitely not. <laughs> D. Randall is definitely an, ups, an, uh, an upstanding citizen. Not going to say that much. Who respects the women of our community. Yes. Salute to that. Hit him with the air horns. Mm, that's upselling it. I, however, have some of those same traits, but my mama ain't got no damn sense. <laughs> and my mom will say some of the same shit. So, the apple just happened to not fall far, far, fall far from the tree. Uh, but I do also respect and love and adore the women of my community. I am just very candid about pussy. Sorry. Uh Multiple things can exist simultaneously. Now, my question for you is: Okay, is she now going to be a listener of Opinions While Black? Um, that's the only thing that I care about. Wait, 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 wait. She wants to. She, to, she wants this nigga to get in trouble. Like, so she, she wait. I just caught something. We might have just got this nigga in trouble. Nah. I don't know. If she knows your voice and she knows that you talked about big foreheads, she's listened. 
I call bullshit. She probably, I mean, like your you're own listening boyfriend, right now. Like her boyfriend had on the car, you know, shit like that. You're listening right now. She might be listening. We need you to write a letter. I can't go back to that restaurant. I need you to tell me the restaurant <laughs> off camera. Because <laughs> I'm going to walk in and I'm going to say, and sometimes D. Randall, and she'll be like, nigga, who are you? <laughs> I'm telling you what I'm telling you what's gonna happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, just we're out here. I guess <laughs> it's weird. Mm. Uh, time for we're not gonna spend a lot of time on white people at the start of the fucking Thank year. Um, they just they don't deserve that this time. Time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white people, fam. I just got two things to say. One, Ghislaine Maxwell is going to prison. Ghislaine Maxwell is has been found guilty on several counts of uh, all kinds of nasty shit, and she's going to prison. It, no, we're going to do that. Do that. Clap. Clap it. Clap it up. Clap it up. Ghislaine Maxwell is going to be put under the fucking prison. I am optimistic about this one. I should not be because... Knowing what happened or what they try to tell us did not happen to Jeffrey Epstein, fuck all that. It's a new day. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna increase the security. We're gonna put more cameras in this bitch. <clears throat> cameras are gonna undergo uh, regular maintenance. As a matter of fact, let me tell you what it is. Y'all not getting them from the right places. Y'all gotta get the Wi-Fi, them good Wi-Fi cameras. You get them on Amazon for you get on Amazon for a, a whole set for like a hundred and ten a piece. Um, link them holes to multiple Wi-Fi devices, and we're gonna be watching this bitch. Let me tell you something. Suicide. We not letting that all that suicide bullshit. The assassins will not prosper this time. And the FBI got them records already. I'm just saying, the records might implicate people from the FBI. Oh, oh good point. Be going, son. So good point. One way or another, they don't want the info to get out. They just have to. No, let me not say it. No, they, they, you think we're going to have a repeat of hi, a repeat of history? I, I think it'll be something more creative. Oh shit. I mean, at this point, they just they might send a John Wick in there. I'm just saying, I, man. I, I was trying to be optimistic because she, she might she, I am, she might have a mysterious illness the, well, while in prison. Maybe, but I'm still optimistic. I'm gonna tell you why I'm optimistic. Ghislaine Maxwell was basically Jeffrey Epstein's bottom bitch, and you want to stand in the gap for this man and and be his bottom bitch. You got to do that bottom bitch time. You gotta have, you gotta hold that bottom bitch L. Whereas people on Twitter said, complete his sentences. <laughs> God damn it, that's not funny, but it's funny. <laughs> Did they say complete? His they said sometimes when people are in love, they they complete each other's sentences. What? <laughs> oh, y'all are so fucking ruthless. Undefeated. The internet is undefeated. The internet is Floyd Mayweather out here, like forty six and zero. Get the fuck out. That is. That is priceless. 
y'all wrong for that, but it's priceless. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about Jocelyn Maxwell going to prison. Uh, I'm the LAPD has covered up another shooting, shot some black kid. I at this point I don't even bother to look up the particulars because it's all the same story at this point. I mean, they had to cover it up then. Obviously, they did something wrong. My problem is this. Y'all hear shit like this and go, fuck 12. Y'all don't trust the police, nor should you. But when evidence comes comes up missing in L.A., like, say, the bullet fragments that shot Megan Thee Stallion in the foot, somehow y'all figure out a way to go backdoor and swear that that is a a C-O-N-spiracy on Megan's part? As if the LAPD is trustworthy? Y'all see a hole in that plot? Y'all y'all, y'all so eager to look up all the plot holes in the Megan's. I'm not trying to dig this back up. But y'all so eager to look up all the plot holes in that story. Y'all think the LAPD ain't, in, ain't involved in that? Y'all ready to trust the LAPD before you trust a black woman? Where the fuck are we living right now, bro? Mm. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is, and it only shows that generationally, you niggas don't have don't have a, a, a grasp of history and context. Because if you, because if you, or a short memory, one or the other. Because if y'all remembered anything about the LAPD in the past thirty years of their history, y'all know goddamn well y'all wrong. And y'all would and, and y'all would be pointing fingers at Megan. I I I don't understand y'all. I don't. And then y'all gonna go right back to fuck twelve when there's somebody else. Y'all so fucking weird. Um, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't want to spend a lot of time on white people this week. Uh, send your racist stories. Send your racist uh real your real life racist encounters. <laughs> Uh, along with your listener letters, your questions for myself, D. Randall, or anybody, or anybody you uh, see or hear appear on this podcast, please send those to opinionswildblack at gmail.com or visit opinionswildblack.com uh, for ways to buy merch. Uh, for more information about how to listen to us, about more information about the Lee Sober Team in podcasting, and don't forget to scroll all the way down to the bottom of the website and and subscribe with your with your email to our email alerts mm-hmm. so you can so you can have a uh, first notice on ways to win redacted um, right. it's coming um please subscribe you know who you are I'm going to repeat. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say it again. I'm going to be repeating it all month. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, uh, we're going to be right back with your listener letters in the top three STFUs. You are officially listening to Houston's most savage podcast. Yes. Pour up. And we are back. Yeah. We are black. Yeah.
We are opinionated. Yeah. And so help me. I am drunk. I, I'm just, I, I've been tequilaing it up. I got a late start, but this is, yeah, this was. That Terramata hitting. Yeah. That, yeah, I said the brand. It, it, yeah, the shit hitting. Uh, it's sneaky. You can't just, you might as well hit it straight because if you pour it in anything, yeah, sneakiest shit on earth. Yeah, I feel like, I, I feel myself becoming as corny as the rock. <laughs> With every passing moment. God damn. Um, Oh boy, why the rock gotta be corny, dog? You know what? People really people really trying to like put Batista past him. How? In terms of what? Acting? How? I don't want to hear shit about them five lines he had in Blade Runner. Batista, he's he's a decent. I mean, look, he's been playing Drax too for for five years. They both spent time doing stuntman theater every week on TV. They are as good of actors as you're going to get out of them. That's I mean fair. I just I I just feel like at least one has more uh, charisma um, than the other. Like. I think they're two different. I just hear Drax every time he opens his mouth. Yeah, I, I. So I will say this: if they, if we're judging on a curve, Batista could eventually be a better dramatic actor. I think The Rock has found his lane as a comedic action actor. Right. Fair enough. Not saying that either one is necessarily good compared to actually good actors, but maybe the one of them, Leo. Right. Uh, Batista could find his lane in being a more dramatic actor than that's, I'll, uh, I'll give you that. That's fair enough. He's funny as Drax, but he was funny. He's funny as a straight laced character, so to speak. Like you know, I mean, why are we talking about this? I, I, don't, I I'm just saying. I'm sorry. You, that was my fault. You brought up the Rock, and I, I'm sorry. anyway. That was my fault. Um, that's me becoming corny. Like the rock. <laughs> you know, we, we, this yeah. is my motto. We might have to do like a five, like a top five corny, like, like the top five corniest. That's an idea. I mean, Drake is up there. <laughs> He's up there. It, it, it is possible. Um, it's time for your listener letters. Oh, we got them. Uh, we got some. We got some. Ex the Maestro. Uh, you know he loves his uh, he loves his music questions what's a trend in music you'd like to see come back or what's a trend you'd like to see go away Mm. it should be good Mm. see this is one of those ones you should have prepped me for oh boy um this is now this is gonna sound corny i want i i want people not all the time, but to occasionally make party songs again, like just songs about having fun, which exclude the words. Okay, here's the challenge. Here's the challenge. Let's go. Make a song about having fun. Okay. Exclude references to liquor. Exclude references to money. Exclude references to bitches. 
That's the challenge. I want to see if it's possible. I may be young, but I'm ready. Okay. To that's, that's pedophilia. That, that, that's, that's, pedophilia. Not, that's not pedophilia. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. Y'all talk about Beyonce, though. But I'm, I'm just saying. Pretty is a pretty good example. That that That's a fun song. Very fun. That song. was a fun song. You know, especially, I, and I'm talking about the Andre 3000 version, yeah. not the J. Cole version. Set the scene, 3000 degrees. degrees. This is a J. Cole version? Me. This is a J. Cole version? I think the J. Cole version might have been. Who put J. Cole on that shit? Exactly. Yeah, the Andre 3000 version is much better. The idea is for the song to be fun. Got a homeboy name by the another homeboy name name thing. Spit that shit for real though. Yeah, I can see. I can't see J Cole on a song about partying. I can't. I, I that's like, like that's like putting J Cole on a re, on a cover of Viver thing. See, <laughs> see. <laughs> but I, you know, and and mind you, I am a person who's a big fan of explicit language, and you know. And just all manners of derogatory music, but I I want to hear I, I I challenge someone to make a good party song that doesn't reference any of that and see if y'all can do it. Um, what I would here's what I've wanted to see removed from music for a long time, and this is this is this is when I get my whole my old head hat on. Um, Music that doesn't have to reference the brand names of the things that you patronize in it. I don't care about the name of the designer that you're wearing. If we're being honest. I don't care about the name of the alcohol that you're drinking. If we're being honest, a lot of the music that you grew up on would not exist. I understand that. And that's why I said rap for has a long always time been braggadocery. But I'm tired of lists like people and again, I that's why I said for a long time. Literally Curtis Blow. Like people used to rap remember remember when the, the remember when the car at the time was like a Mazda MPV van? Like or like an IROC Z28. Like Nas and Raekwon were bragging about having Mazda MPV vans. This is true. You know, people were bragging about Jettas. And and now that's migrated to, you know, whatever the fuck a Wraith is. Or, you know, you know. A Phantom, a G-Wagon, whatever. You know, you know I'm, just, I'm just saying. Have we I, figured out what a G-Wagon is? We're too poor, yeah, sir. We're too poor to know what that is. It's sir. We're too yeah. poor. I, I believe that's a Mercedes thing. Okay. I don't know for certain. Fair enough. Should I Google G-Wagon? Probably not. We're, we're probably too poor to Google it. G-Wagon. It is a luxury vehicle. And yes, it is that Mercedes thing that looks like a Jeep. Okay, fair enough. All right. That's and fine. And it costs about $300,000. Oh, that's overpriced. It ain't that, it ain't that nice. <laughs> I've seen the most. Like I nice. said, we are too poor, sir. Yeah, we're too poor to have an opinion about those about a G wagon. Yes. So, but I, I, black music, rap music in particular, for so long has been predicated upon capitalism, capitalism, and just basically just having a shopping list 
as the lyrics to your song. It's Reaganomics. You know, I, I just, again, I, I've, you're right. A lot of the music that I've grown up on in my formative years would not be shit if not for that. But also, that's never been what's attracted me to that music. Fair enough. I don't give a shit about what you're wearing or what you're driving or what you're drinking. I'll put it, I'll, I'll put it to you like this, since we're talking about... I, I, I would want to remove the elements of capitalism, but it would be more close to classism for me. Mm-hmm. Fam, stop telling people to go work at UPS. UPS, first of all, UPS niggas make good money. There's good money in logistics. That's all I'm saying. Don't be mad. UPS is high. That was the place to that was the place to go work if you couldn't rap, according to rap music at the time. Also, UPS is good money. You know how hard it is to get on at UPS. Impossible. I know. I know. Yeah, I'm like I've filled out those applications uh, twice a month. Yeah, I'm just saying. You know, am I allowed to be mad if UPS is not hiring? We should be in this in this economic climate. We should be. Uh, I will say things that I want to see come back in music are like the bridge. Agreed. I want to see the bridge. Now, every song don't need a bridge. And I think some of them are, the fact that some of these are just a vibe, like hours and hours, that's a vibe. Mm-hmm. That's a vibe. And that's maintaining a vibe, especially, especially music you're supposed to fuck to. I don't need a, I, and maybe it's the increase in fucking music is that fucking music don't necessarily need a bridge. I, there are examples of it ongoing, well, uh, even to this day. But fucking music don't need a bridge. Well, in the I, I would imagine that in the strip club world, that would that bridge will let you know that the song is almost over. Correct. <laughs> so it's almost time to wrap it up. Fair enough. Fair enough. You're right. Um, like like Chris Brown, "Take You Down" has a bridge. Still, you can still fuck them. You can still fuck to take you down. You got a you got a minute left to wrap it. Up. You got a <laughs> you got a minute left and a guitar solo. Maybe that's another thing I want to see come back in music. Mm. I want to see more, not more instrumentation necessarily, but old music was real good at letting the band rock. Man, you have to have a band for that though. You have to have a band for that. That's true, but. There, and there's still organic elements to that now, but in these songs where you got, let's say on average, a song that I'm talking about is like four minutes long. Mm-hmm. The uncut version lets the band ride for a minute. Mm-hmm. Like like Marvin Gaye. Mm. I want you, mm. fam. <laughs> Then Marvin, you know, have you ever seen that video where Marvin was just wasted on the couch, laying on the couch, teaching everybody the song? Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, baby, yeah, 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 yeah. Come in like that. Yeah, yeah. See, that that is the biggest nigga to ever have a soft voice like that. Coke. Lots and lots of cocaine. But you, but Marvin was a perfect example. Yeah. He let the band fucking rock. Mostly probably because he had to wake <laughs> himself up. He was also, I mean, he was also, he also played all, he could also play all the parts of the music as well. This is also true. Um, no, serious answer for me though. Um, 
one thing that I would like to see more of are concept albums. A very good example of that this year, last year now, was Tyler, the Creator's album. Yep. Um, Call Me When You Get Lost. He had a theme that carried throughout that, um, that album. And, and not just gangster grease eels, but he actually had a theme. Um, Hotels was good for that. Jasmine Sullivan. Ah, okay. Hotels was essentially a concept yeah. album. It was a concept EP almost, I mean, but it was a concept album. Essentially, Summer Walker's album was also a concept album. It, you know. in, in that case, most of her albums are concepts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I miss I miss concept albums. And I know that I people, have, people have moved away from albums now in favor of single songs because fuck TikTok and all this. I love concept albums. I love listening to a body of work that feels like it was created in a certain period of time and evokes a certain feeling. Correct. That's Correct. that is actually my answer answer for that. Concept albums. That's what I want. Jay-Z attempted it. When? <laughs> American, American Gangster. Gangster was the only one. I would say he attempted it. And and, and, and here's an the crazy attempt. part. Here's the crazy part. American Gangster this is not a popular answer. It's actually one of my favorite Jay-Z albums. I like because American of Gangster. that. Now, I like that, you know, it was inspired by the movie and not an actual soundtrack of the movie. You know, I, I, I like see, his little play on words with that. I See, I use an attempt because with American Gangster, my problem is, yes, a lot of it was in line with the movie and a lot of it used... Uh, elements from the movie. That man blew my damn thing back up. I was just gonna watch it. Never mind. My problem, but my problem is, does it count when that line of content is kind of your is kind of your bread and butter content anyway? Like, are you really challenging yourself to rap alongside the the film that you're trying to capture? That's why I call it a. That's why I call that an attempt at a concept oh, it was, album. It was, because it's not necessary. That's not really you challenging yourself. It was a cheap pop. It was definitely a cheap pop. Oh, this 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 movie happens to be coming out. That's about this. I'm going to say that this right. album is inspired by that. Let me. Let we would have gotten Blue Magic with or without American. Let Gangster. me throw the name Frank Lucas in a couple of times to tie it all in together. And let's put a couple of movie clips in there. Yeah. Success would have been success with or without American Gangster. Yeah. Like I I and, and any whole fan, I defy you, I dare you to take any to take any song from American Gangster, take the movie element out of it, and convince me that Jay-Z wouldn't and couldn't have still made that same song in another album. I mean, it's, Streets is watching. And then uh, again, again, right not now, stretching now. himself. But what I'm just saying, American Gangster, American Gangster, without the movie references, is reasonable doubt. Streets is watching. Correct, correct. You know, in my lifetimes, Volume One and Two. Correct. I feel like a concept album should challenge you to immerse yourself in in something that you would not normally be able to immerse yourself in. And I don't feel like that's what I don't feel like that's what happened. By the way, Reasonable Doubt is classic. Should have been triple. Reasonable doubt is a is a classic. Definitely should have been triple. Was um, not a classic at the time. In my lifetime, does not get enough uh, praise. To be honest with you, 
that's another that's a whole other topic though. Um uh that was a, that's a pretty good I, I think we have I think we have one more question. Um uh Night Shift Flexing wants to know what Happy New Year. Who what, are you, Night Shift Flexing? <laughs> Identify yourself. <laughs> A happy new year. What was one of your most enjoyable moments of 2021? Shit, it went by so fast. Didn't um, it though? Not dying. Not catching COVID. Yeah. Um, uh, Oscar De La Hoya being completely fucking trashed. Was uh, that last year? Yeah. Wow. Being completely trashed on Triller Fight Night and having Mario Lopez have to pull him out of there. <laughs> God damn, that was so funny. He just kept saying, I love you, Mike Tyson. I love you. I love you, Mike Tyson. You're, you're, you're beautiful. You're powerful. And then Oscar De La Hoya just, uh, not Oscar, De, Mario Lopez just comes out of nowhere. Is clearly the, the wingman for the night. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, come with me real quick. Let's go get some coffee, bro. Come on, come on. Like, uh, that was for me that because that was the epitome of where boxing was at that moment, yeah, and where boxing was headed. And so far, I can say I've not been wrong. I, I think my uh, my genuinely favorite moments of twenty twenty one were personal and professional in uh-huh. nature. Um, the details of which would probably bore most people. Fair uh, but professionally, for me, I, I reached a turning point. In life, um, you know, I'm I'm not bawling by any means. No, no, no. no. But um, there was a certain comeuppance. Um, it's air horns. That was that was good. It's air horns. Um, also, you know, for the two times that I got to travel last year, um, being able to travel again very, very safely and and very discreetly. If I'm being so honest, so <laughs> angry. I want to travel so bad. Um, that was that was good. Um, you know, I, I, and that's good. That's good because a lot of people didn't. I know I didn't. I'm, yeah. I'm still. I real the second I quit this job, I want to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, do it. I, I like really it. do. I, I Ted Cruz it. Omarion be damned, man. Like I, I'm. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere, and Omarion be damned. I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I yeah I gotta I gotta get out of here. Um, I gotta see something. I gotta just just don't go to New York. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, for a while that was the plan. That is no longer the plan. New York has once once again become like the epicenter of this bullshit. Uh, patient zero, whatever. Um, and I'm sad. I can't. I I can't go see my people mm. and get a chopped cheese. And uh, uh, look at uh, the, f- the fat asses on uh, in Harlem. Mm. I'm telling you, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is where the big titties are. Harlem and the Bronx are where all the fat asses are. Not aware of either one of those facts. I, I'm, I'm just giving you the the, the basic misogynist ge- geography. <laughs> where are the foreheads at? Oh man, where the forehead? Oh, <laughs> oh, the foreheads are definitely in Brooklyn. The foreheads are definitely in Brooklyn. Uh, how did we get there? Oh. <laughs> I see why the niggas who like this like this fucking show, and I, I see why the chick at the, at the food spot was like, 
This is the kind of shit you listen to, nigga. Oh, man. Uh, Why am I even with you? Is that what you like? <laughs> um, so, yeah, thank you for the listener letters. Y'all know what to do, man. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. That chick is going to write this show and be like, how dare you? Nigga <laughs> accused me of having a big forehead. You ain't had that same energy when you was ordering a number three, nigga. I, I didn't. It's true. <laughs> I just wanted my food, nigga. But you were just sitting there like, damn. Well, it is big. Ass is bigger, but anyway. I see why the niggas with it. It is time for the top three <laughs> STFUs. Who are the three people like two sips of in America who need to shut the fuck up? Besides me. Uh, number number three is Jeannie Mai. Um, that's, that's Jeezy's wife, Randall. That's, she was on The View or one of them bootleg. Um, the real, yeah, which is no longer in existence. Apparently, I, I, the bitches got sick of each other. That's what happened. I'm convinced. the The whole reason the real was what it was in the first place was because all the bitches got sick of Tamar, and it was only a matter of time before they got sick of each other. Women do that. They and it's very it's it's very indicative of how friendships work now. Women who get together and become friends because they hate another motherfucker. They always end up imploding. It's like the Legion of Doom. They always end up imploding and just hating each other, and they get sick of that shit. So that's what happened with the real. I blame them because they were the only. They were one of the only things keeping Nick Cannon from having a fucking daytime television spot. Yikes. So thanks for nothing. Um, now he has another hour of television that nobody asked for. Anyway, Jeannie Mai has decided that she needs to learn more about black people and black culture. Um, now that she is Jeezy's concubine. So, um, so here's the reason I don't give a fuck about that. Um, as many black people will remind you before she met Jeezy, she made a statement when she was married to someone decidedly not black, that black men were literally only good for dick. And then she met and then she met and married and got knocked up by uh, Jeezy, who I'm convinced would pro- probably treat her better than he's ever treated any black woman. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about he went salsa dancing. You a motherfucking li- anyway, anyway. Maybe he did. I mean, this is young Jeezy. He's not. If that had been a black woman, you'd have busted down behind the strip club. Wow. Um. I don't care what Jeannie Mai. I want. To, I don't want to hear you talking about learning it. I want to hear. I want to see you demonstrate a knowledge of what the average black person goes through on a daily basis. I've never heard you display this on your show. I know because my mother was a big fan. Uh, I've never heard you display this on your show. I've never heard you display this in any of your content. I want to know that you genuinely understand. What the what the the culture that you have sort of infiltrated goes through at any given time. I want to see it demonstrated. I don't want to hear you talking about cracking a book open to fucking learn it. Stop talking to me. Take your ass. It's just like with, it's just like with Travis Scott. I don't want to hear you say we need to figure out some shit. We don't need to figure out shit. Mm-hmm. Just figure it out and show me what you've learned. That's it. You know who's really good at this lately? Kim Kardashian. 
Yeah. I sure. never thought I'd say that. And she has demonstrated an understanding of what black people go. She's and she said this I've had to I've had to learn this over the years to better parent and better protect my children. Not only that, yeah. she's gotten some innocent black people out of prison. Yeah. Um I never thought that Kim Kardashian and Kanye Omari West would be on opposite sides of black history. I never thought they'd be on these sides of black history that they're on. Also, one of the greatest justices that Kim Kardashian has done has not has been to not put Kanye on blast. You know, especially, true. especially coming from a family that puts everything out there. You don't hear her say a lot of bullshit about him. She she just you don't hear her say anything except at all. I'm following these papers. I'm following these papers. I don't care what he's doing. She shows up to his events. Yep. Doesn't say anything. But she'll show up. <laughs> I don't know if that's that it's weird and I almost thought it was contractual or something, but no. yeah, I yeah, I you have to you have to give it to her. It's, I, it's possible to be you know what? It's possible to be separated from someone and still, you know, feel some type of companionship or an Correct. obligation to support that person. There, there are things about them that you still, you know, you still appreciate. Correct. You, but you don't, what you may not appreciate though, is if you show up at the show and the dude is like singing a song, like come back to me, come back to me. The fuck out of here. And that wasn't like, even about her. Nah. And then, yeah. And then, so the next day you just got to go down like, Hey man, go and file this shit. This nigga is wilding. You know, I always thought that you know, you know, I always thought that song "White Dress" was about Kim. You ever heard that joint? No, but I also, I also don't believe that any songs that Kanye makes are is about Kim. Okay, at fair the enough. latest, at the latest, it's about it's about Amber. Yeah, I don't think he's made any songs about Kim. Yeah. I also haven't listened to any of his music post Pablo. I think. Oh, this was before Pablo. This is like he did. This was on like the Man the Iron Fist soundtrack. Oh, I definitely didn't hear that. It was the it was the it was one of the few outstanding things from there. Um, don't trust anything RZA produces because no. it all sounds it all sounds like like he mixed it in a gas station bathroom. Um, all that to say, Jeannie Mai should go ahead and shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Uh, number two is Jake Paul. So. Yeah, we got to open up with Jake Paul. As tired as I am of white people. Um, Jake Paul has recently issued, I guess, a challenge, an ultimatum of some sort to uh, UFC President Dana White. Apparently, he is interested in fighting um, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, most recently known for getting his ad, for getting his lights put out by Kamara Usman after telling him he can't he can't hit like a man. You remember that shit? I remember that. I remember that. Told him he didn't have the power. He didn't have a man's power to knock somebody out and two piece this nigga into oblivion. Yeah, he was quietly put to sleep. <laughs> Um, so of course, Jake, so of course, now that Masvidal is a proven loser, Jake Paul wants to fight him and, um, he has a list of demands. Most of the list of demands has to do with, um, Dana White putting things into place to pay UFC fighters 
uh, better than than their current pay rate to pay them what he feels is a better rate for the wear and tear on their body. Mm. Um, I've had, and he's not wrong because I've had uh, commentary on this and the fact that a lot of those athletes have to fucking, um, a lot of those athletes, you can see them fucking dehydrating themselves, um, um, taking up eating disorders, crash dieting, um, right before a match just to make weight so they can get their bonus. Yeah. Which just should not have to happen. So here's where Jake Paul should shut the fuck up. Jake Paul is not wrong in um, advocating for how these athletes are paid. What he is wrong in is thinking that he has the social, political, or physical capital to leverage his demands into something that Dana White has to give a fuck about. Dana, he, Jake Paul, if this had come from Daniel Cormier, if this had come from John Jones. Or anyone who's actually competed in UFC. Anyone who's competed in a real, in a real non, non-satire boxing match. If he was any of these people, this might have some weight to it. But the fact that Jake Paul is advocating for it makes it that much weaker and it makes it that much more trash and something that nobody wants to take seriously. Maybe Jake Paul should join UFC as a fighter and advocate it from within. Ain't nobody going to watch him get his ass whooped on strike force. He's going to get cut two weeks in. I would. I, well, maybe I would. No, you're right. I, I would pay money for that. I there's some I have not paid money to watch some of my favorite fighters whoop somebody's ass. I would pay money to see Jake Paul get fucked up, which is which is Dana understands his only capital in contact sports. Period. Is that somebody is that everybody wants to see him eventually get fucked up, mm-hmm. and the fact that Jake Paul thinks that that's worth way more than it actually is is a set, is a part of why Jake Paul shouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah. The 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 cause is notable. The cause is laudable. We have to get someone other than Jake Paul to be the poster child, Correct. and he he's bringing the stock of the issue down every time he opens his fucking mouth. Jake Paul needs to shut, shut the fuck the up. Fuck Period. Um, yeah, I don't want to see Jake Paul advocating for anything. Other than getting his getting his fucking uh, uh, lights knocked out, period. <laughs> um, and I say this. This is a side note. I don't even think we need to. We necessarily need to get a real fighter in there. I just think we need to get a real nigga in there. A real nigga. Tyrone Woodley plays a real nigga well. Mm. We saw that in that interview. He said some real nigga shit, and he wasn't wrong. Tyrone Woodley is not a real nigga. Can we get him to fight Adrian Broner? Adrian Broner is a nigga's nigga. That nigga has no sense, <laughs> and that nigga would fuck Jake Paul up. That's too, I, I want to see that fight. 
that nigga would beat the fucking brakes off. And again, no matter who loses, w, we all win. We all win. We don't even have to get a real fighter in there to get a real nigga. If Charlie Murphy was still living, I'd put him in there. <laughs> I'm talking. You know what I'm talking? A real yeah. nigga that don't take no fucking shit. Get Don Cheadle in there. I said it. I said it. Get Don Cheadle in there. I really think John Cheadle might beat the brakes off of Jake Paul. Because he a real nigga. A nigga. He's a nigga who's had to unlearn some nigga shit. I don't know about Don Cheadle, though. He's kind of small. Get Jonathan Majors in there. Jonathan Majors, now that's a nigga that I look at him and I can see he's had to unlearn some nigga shit to make his way through Hollywood. Maybe Michael Jai White. If he was, see, again, too physical. Yeah. Okay. Michael K., if he was still living, Michael K. Williams. Kimbo Slice was still living. Now that I just want, that's the, we just want to see a bloodbath. Now, <laughs> now we're just talking about, now we're just talking about just overdoing and fucking this nigga up. Um, number one person who should shut the fuck up. Uh, strong start to the year is uh, one Mark Vincent. I think this is his name, Mark Vincent, a.k.a. Vin Diesel. Oh, he has a real name? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure his name is like Mark Vincent. Something like that. Something with Vincent in it. Um, Mark Sinclair. Mark Sinclair, there you go. Um, Height, six foot oh. Yeah, Dude, you ain't no hell six feet. No, hell you no. ain't six feet. No, Vin Diesel like five nine. Not five, even in heels. <laughs> Come on, man. So Vin Diesel recently has made an impassioned statement uh on social media to one Dwayne Johnson uh <clears throat> to come back to the Fast and Furious saga for the final movie. And uh but now now, here's the thing. The first thing you need to know is that The Rock did not entertain this and basically told him to suck a dick. Um, but it wasn't necessarily what Vin Diesel said. It was how he said it. First, he evoked his own children and was like, but, oh, but, my, but you know, we want you to be a part of family again. You know him and family. And my, my kids basically call you Uncle Dwayne. You know, damn well. Dwayne ain't never met these fuck your little crumb snatching ass kids. Hey man, no damn well. You ain't got to put that on his kids though, man. The fuck? <laughs> Don't put that on the kids. That's all on Ben. Second of all, <laughs> did he had did he did he did the ultimate disrespect and was like, wouldn't Paul want it that way? Invoking his late best friend Paul Walker. You know what this reminds me of? Remember how slimy it was whenever uh, Puff used to bring up Big at any turn? Like up, like still today? Even to this day, <laughs> how slimy that shit sounds? That's exactly what Vin Diesel's doing by bringing up Paul Walker, saying Paul would want it that way. Paul would probably advocate Dwayne telling you to suck a dick. That's what he would do. <laughs> From one mediocre actor to another. Let me tell you what really happened. 
say something bad. The studio put they the studio put their foot on Vin Diesel's neck and said, "Look, we saw it. we looked at your numbers. We looked at the Hobbs and Shaw numbers. <laughs> we looked at the Red Notice numbers." <laughs> <laughs> And we just gonna keep it a buck, fam. <laughs> you didn't do what you were supposed to do this last one. Hey, um, but it was a pandemic, though. Nah, fuck that. You and you I was and, looking uh, out for family. You and old yeah, fuck that. You and old bum ass, uh, uh, bum ass John Cena did not do what y'all was supposed to motherfucking do. Y'all, you went and got the wrong motherfucking wrestler. You couldn't even get a Roman Reigns. You sorry, you sorry ass nigga. Let me tell you something. You fucked this shit up. Your ass gonna be the one to fix it. If you can't get the rock back here on Mon- on Sunday, don't come into work Monday, motherfucker. Well, they were like, man, you only got one more in the contract. You want you got one more in the contract. Just, just go ahead and run that one out. Yeah, and just because at this point, the only thing they they have left to do in the 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 Fast and Furious franchise is like go to the future or some shit. Basically. They just haven't done time travel yet. Fam, you fixed, you fucked this shit up with Dwayne. That was supposed to be our cash cow. You fucked this shit up with him. Your ass need to go be the one to go over there and fix it. Because how does the show was supposed to be a thing? How does the show was supposed to be like an epic deal? Mm -hmm. Like the mysterious voice at the end? Yeah. That was supposed to be, they 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 were trying to set that up to be Keanu Reeves. Hmm. And Keanu Reeves is going to be doing his old stiff-ass kung fu oh, against gonna, Jason Statham. They were going to John Wick it. They were going to John Wick this shit. You know Keanu's trying to be everywhere right now. And it all got Look, fucked up because Vin Diesel is a well-documented dickhead to work with. If we talk about... No, nah, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, we could talk about a nigga that can't act but has come up in every way. Oh, Keanu Reeves, nobody thought that Ted Theodore Logan was going to be the premier actor of the 21st century. Whoa. Nobody thought that. Bogus. Nobody was watching Speed. There's a bum on this bus. What do you do? <laughs> I'm just saying, Keanu didn't come up. He found his lane. Yeah. He found his lane. Like, you know what he is? He is this generation's Christopher Lambert. Wow. Think about it. Wow. They got about the same acting prowess. And and they've gotten a little uh culturally problematic with the with the, some of the movies they choose. Christopher Lambert wanted to be David Carradine so bad. Playing the Chinese god of thunder. I mean, you saying 47 Ronin wasn't uh Bro, don't get me started on that bullshit. He still got to make that up. John, as far as I'm concerned, the John Wick movies are making up for 47 Ronin and Man of Tai Chi. That was some bullshit. Anyway, Vin Diesel wrong for this shit. And he's wrong for centering all this shit on him. This has been the problem with Vin Diesel is that he knows he is he knows he's his 15 minutes have been up for at least 15 hours, 15 years, and his time has been up, and the studio and Hollywood have given him way more chances than he deserves. There's no reason we should be on Riddick Part 4. They're filming Riddick Part 4, fam. There's no reason for it. There's no reason we should be on Triple X 3, Riddick 4, and Fast and Furious 10. 
When they replaced Triple X with Ice Cube and then brought Vin Diesel back after that. <laughs> look, all you gotta do all you gotta do to shut down Riddick is to bring a flashlight. You know what <laughs> <laughs> Which is up there with all you had to do is be Captain Play and just throw some trash on it. <laughs> Um, all that to say, Vin Diesel knows his time is up, and he's and 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 he's trying everything to prolong that. And The Rock is just going to have no part of it. Mm-mm. And he gave a, and I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to find it, but he gave a little eloquent, a uh, little eloquent. Basically, look, the movie's going to make money. The movie's going to be successful. I wish everybody on that movie the, the the best success possible. They're just not going to achieve any of that success on my dollar. And my time and my acting and all of y'all and and as far as I, that is concerned, y'all can mm. suck a dick. Mm. And that, honestly, that's the best shut the fuck up you can really give Vin Diesel. And then low key backdoor and called that shit tasteless and manipulative. That's and, and and that's the other problem is that Vin Diesel thought he could create a brand. No, no, Vin Diesel thought he could out maneuver The Rock's PR. The Rock has crafted a PR persona for himself that is unbreakable. Yeah. He has created a PR persona for himself that no one can beat, that is insurmountable. He he spent however long in WWE perfecting that perfecting that formula. Um and just carried it forth in his movie career. So you you're not you're not going to you're not going to tread on that Vin Diesel. And Vin Diesel, who has always been a little weird with the press, who is not very charismatic at all, who, um, well, I'm not going to talk about his acting because that's all pot kettle, um, who has always been very standoffish and who has been known as a dick to work with, he can't beat The Rock. And he tried. He tried it. He failed. Just let this just take your take your bag, which I imagine will last until the end of time at this point. Take your bag, move on, produce some movies or something. Everybody does that to get old and produce. And just let yourself be a relic of the early two thousands. That's it. Along with uh, you know, Jersey dresses and Cassidy. <laughs> Am I lying? Did I miss something? Am I lying? I, 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 I will not disagree. Um, do you, Randall, did we do a podcast? We did the first one of the year. Yeah, we did. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I feel good. This is a good one. We opened up strong. Uh, we're gonna get. We're we're gonna get even stronger. This is gonna be a good. The next two months. Are going to be interesting. It's going. To, we're going to try some things. We're going to bring back some things that y'all told us that y'all like. Uh-oh. Um, uh, we're going to do some shit, man. And and again, I can't stress this enough. Subscribe. Subscribe on all your your streaming platforms that will allow it. Um, spread the word on social media. Y'all been really good about this lately. We got some really good feedback lately. Yeah. Um, Tell your boyfriends so that, um, you know, 
You can confront them. And you can confront Oz when you meet him in person. When you meet me in person and hopefully don't spend my food. Um, yeah. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. All that shit. Subscribe. Go to opinionswhileblack.com and subscribe to our email alerts. I promise you we're never going to hit you with anything that we don't think you might be interested in that is important. We're never going to spam you. You're not going to get a you're not going to get 2 weeks worth of just email blasts. Um church announcements do Randall? Nah, I'm good. Um we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. The world's getting crazy again or getting crazier. We're going to be here. So y'all don't so we're going to be here to help you get through this. Um that's really all I got. This has been episode 166. 166 in the mix. In the mix. Uh, we'll be back next week with more foolishness and fuckery. This has been episode 166 of Opinions While Black. I have been Oz. I'm still D. Randall. And as always, forever imparting titties. Mm. And foreheads, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Titties and foreheads, man. What? How do they let us get away with that? They don't. <laughs> Barely. They Which don't. Is how you get called out? <laughs> now I'm being held accountable and shit. <laughs> Damn it! Oh, it's just next thing you know, I'm be on lips, lipstick alley. Oh, bye, niggas. Oh.